For Your Reconsideration is proudly part of the Flickering Myth Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another, and for the very first time, Mick LaSalle-approved episode of For Your Reconsideration, (laughs) the film podcast which has a nosy at movies past in the hunt for redemptive dross. I'm Rob, and here are Simon and James. Hiya, fellas. Hello. How do, how do? Doing good, doing very, very good. Yes, it's been an amazing week. We got... Well, I mean, I'm going to take it as approval from the mayor of FYR Hall of Fame himself, Mick LaSalle. Yes. <laughs> it was a big and, week. Uh, for our new <laughs> listeners, can we give a little bit of context as to who Mick LaSalle is for anyone yeah, who hasn't been... experienced the wonderful man? <laughs> yes. I mean, he's a, a reviewer for the San Francisco Chronicle, film reviewer, who um, he sort of, I think in a lot of ways, embodies what we love about movies in that quite rightly it's all right to like stuff it's all right to hate stuff but we've come to latch on to his reviews as like a benchmark of interest every single week and he listened to our last episode demolition man and said it was fun (laughs) (laughs) in his own uh view didn't he give demolition man five stars as well so yes he's very much in our wheelhouse i think he first came to our attention when we were doing click and he gave it five stars Yeah, and we were like, yeah. right, this guy is absolutely our flavour of, of person. Yeah. Uh, he is happy to go to bat for stuff, isn't he? I, he I, I like that about him. So, Mick, you made our week if you ever listen again. You really made our week. Um, what have you guys, guys been watching? Um, so this week, I didn't watch a film as such. I watched mm. an eight-hour miniseries, which felt like a film. So I watched Devs, mm. which is a fantastic and fascinating piece of mind-melting science fiction from Alex Garland, who's of this parish also. We previously covered Dread and Sunshine, uh, which were both scripted uh, mm. by Mr. Garland. If, if, does it... Do- to, the, to get in the in the Hall of Fame, um, I suppose we should really ask Mick this, but does it have to be does it involved in the movie in the week or is it just any old mention? I don't know. I mean, Alex is getting a lot of Alex, first name terms. Alex is getting a lot of mentions <laughs> here. Um, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. and he's, he might crop up again, because. Uh, but this series is fantastic. It's easily the best-looking TV show I've watched all year, and it's just oh, absolutely wow. beautiful. It was shot by Rob Hardy, who shot Garland's other movies, as well as Mission Impossible Fallout. So he's one of the best in the business in terms of cinematography. And it's just so good. And I think Garland's probably going to do this because he was so upset with what happened with the distribution for Annihilation that he's, I think he's going to go to TV permanently now. Oh, right. Or until he gets like full creative control of any film projects again. But yeah, he wrote and directed every single episode. It's eight hours long. It's mind-melting stuff. It's all about determinism and quantum mechanics and quantum physics it's just crazy crazy stuff i enjoyed it immensely cool cool so what about you man uh oh god i've been watching all sorts this week i've been going through a lot of like educational movies so i watched um uh 12 years a slave which i mentioned a couple of weeks ago how i I, i've never got around to watching it because i was never in the mood to watch it and uh Yesterday, I was just like, I've, I've got to watch this film now. You know, I just, you know, as uncomfortable as it's going to be, I should sit down and watch this film. And yeah, um, yeah it was exactly that. It's, it's a really well-made film. Um, but it, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, deeply upsetting and unsettling. But I guess that's the whole point. It's it's, it's meant to make you feel like that. But other other stuff, I, I watched um, Inside Man, which I, I don't know why I'd I, picked inside man i was scrolling through netflix <laughs> looking such a good movie looking, <laughs> it really is, yeah it? looking for something to watch and inside man and i was like i've not seen it so i'll give it a whirl and it was 
I've I've heard good things about it, even though the ratings in uh, Netflix or Now TV they're all quite low. But I was like, oh, I've heard good things, so I watched it. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was ace. Yeah, I thought it was so was good. Yeah. In the hands of any other director, it probably would have just fell away as like a proper mediocre heist movie. Yeah, but Spike Lee really put like a bit more nuance to it, and there was the I don't know, there just felt a bit more going on in it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, well, you know, we we and Denzel Washington just just having the time of his life. Um, and oh, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, yeah, it was ace. And then oh yeah, also um. How do how do you say his name? Uh, Chuito Edgiofor. Yeah, he's in both. He's in both those movies. So he's in. He is. Yeah, and he was in Inside a Double Man. Bill. Yeah. I always accidentally find myself doing like actors double bills. <laughs> <laughs> there was one weekend where I watched about four Ben Affleck movies without realizing they were all. Ben Affleck. <laughs> I was like, what am I doing? Uh, yeah, I was really yeah really into Inside Man. I thought it was ace. Really good. Cool, cool. Um, well, I'm on to. Season nine of Big Bang Theory now, getting towards the end there. <laughs> then um, I also watched um, Dark Encounter. Um, actually, no, I've not finished it yet. I'm I'm a bit too scared to finish it. Uh, this is a 2019 alien abduction film, and it's directed by Carl Strathy, and it's all purported to take place in America. It's got the brilliant Nicholas Pinnock as the sheriff, and um, well, apparently it was all filmed in Yorkshire. What's with right? a, a okay here, yeah. Wow. And it, you buy it totally. You totally buy that it's set out there easily, oh. you know. So, yeah, it's actually really good fun, and it's free on that there Prime at the moment. Or oh, it is it? Whichever you – yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah. right. I think it did Fright Fest last year, you know. I yeah, think it was yeah, on, I at, so, at the yeah. festival, so I might give it a look. Yeah, I definitely – you know, it, it's in our wheelhouse, boys. You know, we love the, the good and the bad and the ugly of cinema. You, you'll definitely get something to enjoy about this. Was this the one you sent us the trailer for the other day? on our? Oh, on yeah, our yeah, channel? yeah. It actually looked pretty good. Uh, it <laughs> it's is like, pretty, yeah, I'm yeah. Like, I'm going to be honest, Rob, when that came from, I was like, oh, what, 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 what's this bollocks now? <laughs> <laughs> As you're quite right to do, because it's a mess for me. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> I, I, well, I, I, yeah, the trailer looked pretty good, actually, so I might check that out. Yeah, The first half has been really good, actually. Yeah, I've really enjoyed it. Oh, I love this recommendation on the only half a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't know where it's going to... You know, I might come on next week and say it's an absolute hornswoggle, but no, I don't think so. um, The other one I watched was... Um, I watched, nine, yeah, the original Wizard of Oz movie. Oh, um, In Blu-ray on the big screen. Um, With the kiddies. And, you know, seeing that detail, I mean, it's like... What is it? It's 81 years old, I think. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. 39. Seeing that detail again is just staggering. But the amount of detail in this transfer, I mean, you can see the the, the brush strokes of the makeup. It's that astonishing. Yeah. And it also serves to say, you know, what a pinnacle moment in cinema that was. I mean, even you know that moment where they go through the door and it goes from black and white to colour? Yeah, um, yeah. We were sat here and, you know, my middle child went, oh, when that happened, you know, it's still yeah, got that still, effect yeah. now, 81 years later. And that is just, yeah, it's just absolutely mega. It's a stunning movie, isn't it? It, it, it really is. So really is. Absolutely bonkers, but really, really good, yeah. Um, and could I actually just um, do a, a very small shout-out to something for a good cause? Would that be all right with you guys? Yeah, go for it, yeah. Awesome. This this kind of fuses a little bit of um, what I do um, away from uh, goofing off on a podcast. Um, but um, I had um, uh, a short story accepted to um, an anthology, which all the, all the profits go to the NHS for. Um, cool. So that's coming out next week, uh, June the 10th, that is. Um, and it's a, a, 
it's 30 of the best crime writers in the world are involved in this. Um, so it's, it's, I'm absolutely delighted to be involved. But I wrote this story about three or four weeks ago. So what were we watching then, boys? Oh, it's got Bigfoot in it, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> the only crime story in this particular anthology that features the Bigfoot. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> spoiler alert! Massive spoiler alert! That's the whole story ruined for you, basically. Okay. Uh, well, spoilers aside, where can people find uh, the, this collection of short stories, and where can they purchase it? Thank you. It's um, it'll all be on Amazon. You can get it on Kindle for two ninety nine, or in paperback for a tenner. Um, yeah, it's thirty of the best authors around the world, and this chump who wrote about Bigfoot, um, and it's called Noir from the Bar. Lovely. So, um, yeah, please check it out. And again, everything's going to uh, the mighty NHS on this one. Wonderful. Um, thank you for the plug, boys. I appreciate that. Um, so, we did we have a question this week? We do. We do. So, I was thinking we're doing we're doing Batman Forever tonight. Yeah, we are. And I thought we could go with a Batman centric question in terms of the dust has settled a little bit now. We found out that there is a Snyder cut. And this is going to be coming to HBO Max next year. So I thought it'd just be nice to have a little bit of discussion about what we think of this particular news. Okay, <laughs> so for the, for the uninitiated uh, and people who don't spend as much time on film Twitter as we do, uh, the Snyder Cut has been rumbling on ever since Justice League was released. So a little bit of background is um, Zack Snyder, who had originally directed Justice League had to leave the project due to a family tragedy. Joss Whedon was brought in to finish the film. There was extensive reshoots. And then the film itself was released to much fan ire and also middling to terrible reviews. And since then, there's been a movement online (laughs) known as Release the Snyder Cut, right? Which has rumbled on and on for the last two years. (laughs) And now HBO have decided that they are going to plow 20 to 30 million dollars into this project the nerds have won basically (laughs) to finish justice league in Zack snyder's original vision and they will be putting it on their streaming platform hbo max which i don't think we're going to be getting in this country uh so how we'll see the snyder cut nobody knows and yeah that will be released in 2021 so uh, one of the reasons that I thought this would be good to discuss is uh, we we sometimes trail the um, the episodes that we're going to be doing, and I put up that we're doing Batman Forever this week, and someone slid into the mentions <laughs> with a hashtag release the Schumacher cut for Batman Forever. <laughs> I'm a bit worried that this might have set a dangerous precedent, to be perfect. Absolutely. What are your guys' t- thoughts on this? I mean, there's so many thoughts, but Sai, I mean, go for it, man. Have you got anything I mean, that's simmering to the surface here? Well, so when it was first sort of announced that it, there, there actually was this Snyder Cut and it's going to get released on HBO, HBO Max, which I'm assuming is going to be Now TV over here because yeah. I know Now TV and Sky have the deals with uh, Warner Brothers and HBO for their yeah. programming. So you, you've got to assume it's going to come out for that. Um, I, I, I hope so. Anyway, I can't be asked buying another bloody streaming. <laughs> no, so, yeah. Um, but no, I, I, I'm so on the fence with this because on one hand you've got the nerds of one, and it's basically appeasing all these white nerds who kicked off and and threw the toys out the pram because they didn't yeah. get um the film they were expecting 
um, which there was no promise it was going to be good, like in the first place. Yeah. Um, and all the circumstances surrounding it, which is why they had to change it. But then on the other hand, I'm like, it's good in the sense that it's hopefully going to put a bit of a stopper on the fact that all these, uh, you know, studio execs get in the creative process of a film and put it in a direction the director doesn't want it to go in. You know, at the end of the day, the, the film is the director's film. It's not, it's obviously being financed by these studio suits, but they should just do the business side of it and not the creative side yeah. of it. And the creative side of it should be le- left up to the creative team. Obviously, my job doesn't go to the scale of movies. I only work in advertising, so but it's obviously a hell of a lot smaller scale, but it's a similar thing. You get directors being told what to do by account managers and um, creatives, you know, and clients and things like that. And it it just becomes a bit of a too many cook sort of situation. And I get that impression that's what's happening at Warner Brothers with these comic book movies. So hopefully you'd think, you know, it's going to stop those business heads thinking they know how to make a movie better than the directors. But then... I just don't like seeing the nerds get their own way, basically. (laughs) (laughs) That's the worry, isn't it? The precedent this sets, that if there is enough bleating about something, then, you know, I mean, movies get released all the time, you know, and it only seems to be these ones that have that, dare I say, a nerd fan base. You know, the, the, you know, cause I'm a nerd for, so I'm sat here in a Jurassic Park t-shirt. Right? <laughs> yes. I am a massive, ma- I've got, everyone. I've got two, two junior T-Rex skulls on my shelf behind yeah. me. Yeah. I am a huge nerd about certain things. So I think I'm allowed to say think, the word yeah, nerd. We all are. Yeah. yeah. We are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, that's not a, a prejudicial term at all. It's just. Is it balls? <laughs> is it? Yeah. Exactly. So I'm not, I'm not, I just don't like the idea that you can, if you don't like something, you can stamp your feet enough to get your own way. Mm-hmm. That said, the only, the only thing that makes me think there's any redemption to this is, and this will be a very personal thing to Zack Snyder himself. If he feels that the the personal situation and sad circumstances that took him away from the projects in the first place, if he feels that he was robbed of that experience of finishing his Justice League movie, yeah. then I'm kind of okay with that. You know, no, I am okay with that. I'm okay with it for Snyder. I'm not okay with this for anybody else. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, because I could sit here and say, "Where's the Van Damme cut?" Every yeah, movie, exactly. You, know, ever. you, you could go for every, every movie that didn't quite stick the landing. You could then just turn around and go, "Well, the director's cut. Give us the director's cut." Like every well, yeah, single I mean, movie, and it's just like, "Oh, that's what came uh, out. That's what." If it if it didn't work, it didn't work. Move on to the next one. Just just leave it. I I had a, a bit of a, an exchange with someone on Twitter about it, and he was like. He was kicking off about Matt Reeves' Batman, and he was like, "They're now trying to stop that from happening, and saying, oh, it's let's hope this film doesn't come out because it's you know the only reason it is is because of Snyder's thing got canned and blah blah blah." Um, and then he was like, "This is not what I signed up for," and it's like, "What? No, what are you want about you signed up for? Have you funded this movie, you?" Dick, like you just ever put pen to paper in your investment on this, your emotional investment. We're we're the audience. I don't give a shit if you're the biggest Batman fan in the world. Like we're the audience. 
you you don't make the movies. You you signed up for. <laughs> yeah, signed up for. I mean, that is absolute <laughs> hornswoggle in the highest, isn't it? Like, I I hate where James Bond has gone. I absolutely can't stand it. But that doesn't mean I look back at every everything that the James Bond franchise is meant to me and decide that it's all worthless now <laughs> and that my childhood's been ruined. <laughs> you know, I'd much rather. I'd, I can't wait till they come out with you know or resurrect or. or Bring back Roger Moore, basically. <laughs> no, I think that shit might have failed. To be honest, <laughs> Tim Dalton could still do it. So well, anyway, they're, um... they're bringing back James Dean, aren't they? So maybe they could do it with Roger Moore next. <laughs> just <laughs> remake all the Bond films since no. Roger Moore's last one. <laughs> just art, art is art. You can't go back and do it again just because <laughs> no. you can. That again, I'm looking at my T-shirt right now. But just because you you can doesn't mean you should. What was the the the, the absolutely yeah, yeah, incredible? Yeah. Line, you know, um, you were so preoccupied with whether or not you could, you didn't think if you should. Yes. You know, and you could do that about everything. Every exactly. author could do it about books. Every mm-hmm. art, you know, can you imagine Monet going back and saying, like, oh, I'm just going to do me watercolors again? Yeah. You know, let's do the Monet cut of this particular masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's absolute nonsense. You know, what, what, what do you make of it, James? I think it's, um, I think it's, it's something that can make everyone happy i don't like the way that it's come around in terms of the bleating online and some of it's been quite toxic in the way that they've gone after certain film critics who are opposed to it also first and foremost the snyder cut doesn't actually exist because it's going to cost 20 to 30 million dollars to finish (laughs) it so it's not like it's been locked in to be done yeah it has to be finished first yeah Yeah, the film isn't finished Um, I think it's been opportunistic from HBO. They're like, well, we can get massive property here that apparently has a lot of interest and traction online for our new streaming service, and it's only going to cost us 20 to $30 million. Warner Brothers can make some bank on it. Zack Snyder gets to release the film that he wants to release, and then hopefully all of these people who are upset with what was actually put out will actually go get what they want out of it, and that will make them happy but make no mistake the biggest problem i've got with it is that release the air cut of the suicide squad is now gaining some traction we've got a bloody schumacher cut movement moving for <laughs> batman forever like is this exclusive to dc movies <laughs> this movie's 25 years old Joel schumacher's retired he doesn't want to do this <laughs> Release the Schumacher cut. <laughs> it is. It is one of the best tweets we've been ever been said. Yeah, absolutely. It really is. On the positive side of the starter cut is, I haven't seen that version of Justice League, the Joss Whedon one that was released a couple of years ago. I'm probably going to watch it now, and I'll probably watch <laughs> because I'm interested in film. So if I'm interested in it. In how is it different? And yes, I think people need to set their expectations, though. I don't think it's suddenly going to go from I haven't seen it, so I can't comment. But from allegedly what is pretty much a two star film yeah. to a five star masterpiece, I can't see yeah. that happening. So I think everyone needs to set their expectations. Yeah, the, the likelihood of it being like an amazing movie, you know. Okay, I said before about studios exchanging stuff, and you know they did yeah. panic because of yeah. DC and Warner Brothers panic because Guardians of the Galaxy was so popular, and it just changed the whole and Deadpool as well, and just changed the scope and tone of these sort of movies. Yeah, and they panicked and changed it. However, there was obviously something wrong with it in the first place for them to want to change it and yeah. shift it into the way it was. They're all. I think we're a bit 
everyone would be a bit deluded to think this is now going to be an absolute masterpiece on like a Dark Knight level. Because yeah. it's just not, is it? No, <laughs> no, really there's, always, there's always a chance for something to book a trend or to really surprise yeah. us, you know, and this could be the first of something like that. I, I'm concerned about where you draw on the line. You know, where would yeah, you draw yeah. the line? You know, so say that someone's disgruntled. Say, for example, tonight, watching this, uh, Batman Forever, say that Tommy Lee Jones actually had a different, you know, release the Jones cut, you know, that, <laughs> where do you begin? In fact, there was a, there was, you could go right through the cast. I was mm-hmm. obsessed with a cast member's name when I was sitting watching the credits tonight for this movie because the assistant location manager was called Val Kim. <laughs> <laughs> Not Val Kilmer, Val Kim. How awkward, you know. So, for me, release the Val Kim cut of, you know, <laughs> Batman Forever. Why not? Could just go on forever. Batman Forever. Batman. Uh, yeah, every every film that's going to go down badly is going to get this treatment, isn't it? I think. Well, in, if there's in, a fan base rabid enough yeah, to in, in keep that it going. in yeah. that sort of world. Yeah, but, but like, isn't it? You know, um, right, how good is it though that? Um, the people who created these characters have created this level of love for it. Oh, I know, people, yeah. You know, so Devotion, looking at like, you know, yeah, it's Bob Kane, isn't it? Um, yeah. Batman. Batman, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so how good is it that he, a character created in the 30s, wasn't it, Batman? Yeah. Batman and Superman are the two biggest, still the most yeah, popular, yeah. aren't they? So, you know, whatever happens with those two characters, people, especially in America, are going to be... You know, there's going to be a lot of scrutiny over it, and a lot of people interested in it. And it's coming out as well that because of the Schneider Cut thing, that Henry Cavill, who had decided to hang up the cape, is now going to be Superman again because of it. Because he's he's happy that it's it's they've decided to go back yeah. to the Schneider Cut. So he it's likely he's going to be Superman again, right? Which is great because he's perfect. He's, he's, he's absolutely really, perfect. I love that guy. And, and we talked about this recently, didn't we? About how good Man of Steel was. Still love that film. Man of Steel is is. I, I think it's arguably uh, the Dawn of the Dead film's really good, isn't it? I was going to say it's arguably film, is, Snyder's is, is, best film, but still, Dawn of the Dead still his best film, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. But well, any movie that gets the dad from Honey I Shrunk the Kids to you know the one that's not Wayne Zielinski, not Rick mm. Moranis. <laughs> To, to die of a zombie infection. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's a great movie, that Dawn of the Dead one. It really is, isn't it's it? really good. And and when we come across great movies, we have to talk about them because we'll never get another chance. Exactly. Yeah. Were, <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, this, yeah, this is true. <laughs> uh, boys, just cracking discussion, as always. Yes. So We await um, the Snyder Cut. <laughs> and I am awaiting the Schumacher Cut. Oh, well. yes. Um, Joel yes. will be getting the message that he's not allowed to retire because <laughs> he's got to go back into the edit bay for this film he made 25 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> forever. So I can't remember any of this. <laughs> he's currently on, in lockdown in North Hollywood when an edit suite comes to his door. Like, Joel, we need you to... What? <laughs> what? <laughs> anyway, um, you're absolutely right. Tonight's movie is... Well, should we do a logline? Yes. I'm so excited! Right. When Two-Face amps up his campaign of terror on Gotham City, Batman finds himself looking after a grieving young man and a deeply unprofessional doctor of psychiatry. Twin this with the sudden psychotic break of Dr. Edward Nigma, which causes him to become the Riddler. There's suddenly all manner of neon-hued, leather-infused, non-sanctioned buffoonery for Batman to take care of. <laughs> of course, it's Batman Forever. Riddle me this, riddle me that. Who's afraid of the big black bat? 
In an uncertain world, in a chaotic time, justice wears a mask. to make a pretty lethal combination. Train me. Let me be your partner. Who's your tailor? But first, let's meet our contestants. Going down. If a bat wants to play, we'll play. <laughs> Was that over the top? So, gents, Batman Forever, um, what is your relationship with this um, fantastic movie? <laughs> well, for me personally, I'm quite glad that I've actually been able to watch it and be able to see what's going on because I think I've only ever seen this on a dodgy pirate video <laughs> for when it came out. <laughs> and you couldn't see a word, like, you know, like 11 years old, watching, squinting into, into, into the darkness to try and see what's ha- happening. So, yeah, it was nice to watch it in HD this time. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, uh, Sai? I mean, like, who doesn't love Batman? Like, but um, yeah. when I was a kid, Batman was like my, one of my favorites. Him and Spider Man were my favorites. Yeah, and Tim Burton's Batman and Batman Returns were like on loop on VHS at my house when I was really young. Uh, the former of which, like you, James, uh, was on a pirate, a dodgy <laughs> pirate pan and scan VHS. <laughs> so it wasn't even, it wasn't even like the full picture. It was like blown up to four by three, and then yeah. it pan and scanned across every shot. Terrible. <laughs> so it was just fucking horrendous. Oh, so bad. And, uh, and also, as well, on that pirate VHS, someone had recorded over the ending. So I never, I never <laughs> saw the ending. So, you know what? I think it, it stopped as Joker fell off the helicopter, and that was it. It just went, <laughs> went on to like Gardner's World or something like that. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, I, I, I love uh, I love Batman. And, and, and then because Jim Carrey was in this as well, it, like this came after. The, the year he like proper broke big, especially yeah, yeah. in England with the mask. I think was, and he did the mask, Ace Ventura, and Dumb and Dumber the year before. It was just what yeah, an incredible I, run! Like it was a meteoric rise, wasn't it? It really was. 
I've got it. I've got it written here. Sorry, can I just get this out here? Because before we go forward, right? So nine, 94 to 98 with Carrie, because I've just got it written here. 94, Ace Ventura, The Mask, Dumb and Dumber. 95, Batman Forever, Ace Ventura 2. 96, The Cable Guy. 97, Liar Liar. 98, The Truman Show. Yeah, yeah. I think when Batman Forever comes out, for me, he was the biggest star on that poster. Yeah. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I, I know Tommy Lee Jones is a massive actor. I know Val Kilmer is a, a, yeah. a big actor. But for me, as that, uh, how old I was when this film came out, what, um, nine, ten? Yeah. I'm looking at Jim Carrey going, oh, I want to see this. It's Batman and it's Jim Carrey. I am, I'm so in. Yeah. I am so to be fair, yeah. Simon, you shouldn't yeah. feel guilty. I don't think many nine-year-olds are in the Tommy Lee Jones fan club. <laughs> <laughs> you just haven't got that that breadth of cinematic knowledge at that stage to take in his, his wonderful oh, gruffness. Outrageous. What a hack. What a hack I was. <laughs> don't beat yourself up. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, that that's why that's why Batman Forever is. It was it was a VHS at my house, and I I, I enjoyed it dearly as a ch- as a younger younger child. Oh, nice. Um, I this was again uh, one of the very first cinema trips solo. Sans parents, this one. Um, and uh, I was with uh, a mate from school who was quite a bit older and cooler than not older but he acted a lot older and cooler than i was so when i was going you know mum and dad were dropping me off at the cinema with my mate and i was i had the batman forever comic before it come out you know the comic adapt- adaptation and i was looking at it, and on the back were all the toys you could buy and whatever mm-hmm. and i'd gone through like you know i was 12 at the time and i'd gone through like whoa look at this the batmobile like look at the detail on this thing by the way the toys were incredible for this movie mm-hmm. um and the guy next to me is like you know he look he sees the front cover again and he goes i won't mind that toy and points at nicole kidman and i'm like <laughs> I'm not ready for that humour at all. <laughs> I mean, I'm years off puberty, mate. I don't know whether I don't know who you're trying to fool. Um, but um, so yeah, watched the movie, absolutely loved it. And that summer was so Batman infused for me. So I was allowed to go to the corner shop on holiday by myself with a pound coin to buy four packets of twenty five p Batman Forever stickers. Um, oh yeah, I remember so, those? Yeah, I had that. Great, the hologram ones were amazing. And then that's that winter because you have that gap, don't you, between cinema release and VHS, or at least you did. Yeah. The Wednesday that it came out on VHS, I got my mum to grab it from ASDA on our way to going and buying our Christmas tree for that winter. Oh, so it's all infused with such lovely memories for me. Buying um, it on VHS legally when you could have had a dodgy pirate when it was still in the <laughs> cinema. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just infused with such nice memories for me. And obviously it was like, I said to you guys, does Batman forever qualify? And you said easily. So it's like, right, <laughs> definitely doing that. I, I don't know, you know. Yeah. On that basis, how does it qualify, James? Budget and box office, what have you got? Um, well, because, uh, as you can probably imagine, because there was another sequel a couple of years after this, it isn't on the box office metric. So this made $337 million worldwide off a $100 million budget. So Ooh, yeah. a solid gold hit, plus yeah. all the merchandise which i think is a very interesting thing to discuss because i think what's clear from watching this film is it's very much a course correction from burton's vision yep. because <laughs> they wanted to sell some toys <laughs> <laughs> absolutely and they couldn't from the previous one nobody had yeah. a had a penguin he was a danny devito penguin he was absolutely disgusting <laughs> 
<laughs> I did have the I did have the Batmobile. Yeah. Me and my brother each had a miniature Batmobile because that was cool as fuck, that Tim Burton Batmobile. Yeah. Um, but no, yes, you, you can definitely tell they were like, we need to sell some merch, guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it was a hit in terms Absolutely, of yeah. worldwide box office and also then sold a butt ton of toys. You would have thought so, yeah. Of excellently detailed toys, can I add. They were they were really good. What's a hundred million budget in current money though? That seems insane. Oh, it's huge. For it's like two hundred. Like two hundred, like two hundred, two fifty probably. Oh really? That that is a yeah, massive it's a huge budget. budget. I mean it's a massive temp hole studio movie, isn't it? Yeah. How can we find this out? Is there any way on Google we can have a look? Well inflation, yeah. Uh is average a hundred uh, uh 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 it's not that much it's two hundred and seventy. Yeah, right, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. yeah. yeah. Still, it's a, that's a massive yeah. budget. That seems like an insane budget. Like, what, what was the budget for Jurassic Park, say, which was, what, a year before? 70 million. Was it 60, 70, 70, 70, 60 to 70 million. How yeah. is this? How is this 30 million This is what I kept Jurassic saying Park. all the way through when I was watching it. <laughs> that's made of cardboard! That's made of cardboard! <laughs> <laughs> Do you, do you think this this film the this production the the production of this movie was used to launder a lot of money for some criminals? <laughs> Hundred million seems ridiculous for what actually turned out. It's a pretty stacked cast, to be fair, isn't it? I think yeah, that, they'll be drawing bank each oh, one yeah. of them, won't they? Yeah, yeah. Jim Carrey is flavour of the month as well. Like, there's no way Tommy Lee Jones is doing this movie on the cheap because it's not his scene at all. This like. I think he no. will have taken a big paycheck. Val Kilmer is hot. Like in this year, he does, he does. He's Batman, and he's in the one of the best crime films ever made. He's in Michael Mann's yeah. Heat with De Niro yeah. and Pacino in the same year. It's an incredible 1995 for Val. It Nicole is, Kidman yeah. is a huge rising star. Jim Carrey is a massive rising star as well. And then plus all the production design, costumes, yeah, special effects, all that jazz. Yeah, I can see how it would get to a hundred. John Favreau's in there as well. <laughs> I, I read that. I read that he was in it, and I try. I couldn't spot. I couldn't, I couldn't spot him. him. Yeah, was his role something like assistant? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, like, was Tommy Lee Jones in it just because of Joel Schumacher? Because they worked together the year before, or a couple of years before, didn't he? On the client, he was in the client. Wasn't oh. he? he was in the client. They'd worked together before, but he said that he was. It. He decided to do it because he had an eleven-year-old son, and this is always the um, the the reason that you hear when a respectable actor does a comic book movie <laughs> is they do they did it because the 11-year-old son of Tommy Lee Jones says that Two-Face was his favourite character. Oh. So that's... Why, cause he, and it know, had nothing to do with the dump truck of money that was parked outside of his house. <laughs> <laughs> um, they paid off Billy D. Williams, didn't they? Because he was contract... It was in his contract to do it. Oh, yeah, seriously. Uh, he played allegedly, Harvey Dent. Allegedly, yeah, allegedly, I should say, because Billy he, D says that didn't happen. <laughs> oh, really? So, yeah, so he, he, paid, he played Harvey Dent in Burton's Batman. Yeah. And uh, allegedly in his contract, he was, because he knew Harvey Dent would eventually become Two-Face. It was in his contract yeah. to play Two-Face whenever that should happen. And Joel Schumacher was like, nah, I want Tommy Lee Jones or whoever it was. And then they paid him out of that contract. But that's here, so, you know, so. Yeah. All adds to the big pot of 160-odd million, though, doesn't it? <laughs> Things that need to be sorted out for, for this to work. Absolutely fascinating. So, in which case, we can't look at the finances. Critical reception, say. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, this is a home run on the <laughs> critical. <laughs> yes, as you can imagine, it did not go down well. 
yeah, it did go down well at all. Rotten Tomatoes has it at 39% for the critics and surprisingly a lower audience score of 32%. No. <laughs> so the critics actually had it higher than Rotten Tomatoes' audience. Metacritic's a bit higher uh, across both. 51 for critics, 6.4 on the audience. And Letterboxd has it pretty much straight down the middle on 2.4. So yeah, it, 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 it mainly mediocre than completely... This is a shit show. A lot of a lot of the same same issues. Uh, like it, it was such a departure from Burton's films that they're just like, what the fuck's going on? Um, but uh, as you know, uh, the mayor of FYR country, what's Mr. our Mick man himself, got to say? Come on down, son. I, he come on, His review was so good. So Mick, give it. I mean, I, it. I always get these scores on Metacritic. It says they've said. I'll give it three out of four, but I can never find them on his review. So I think they just sort of decide on the way he's worded his review. Three out of four, apparently, from Mick LaSalle. But his best line was (laughs) uh, was regarding uh, the the casting of Val Kilmer to replace Michael Keaton as Batman. Keaton didn't want to return. Um, and, And LaSalle said, Keaton may have had the edge in psychological complexity, but Kilmer has nicer lips. And lips are important to a masked Batman. <laughs> not wrong, yes. to be fair. He is not. That's why he's the mayor <laughs> of the Hall of Fame. Uh, he, yeah, uh, Mick liked it. Um, so Good. the review was obviously when he watched it in the cinema. So it was very, very much geared into a, I've watched this at the cinema, I've enjoyed it, sort of, you know, the yeah. experience <laughs> of being in the cinema. Yeah. Like a rock concert, it would be pointless on video. This is one film that truly does need the space of a theatre and a packed audience on which to impose its size. Batman Forever is a sound and light show that jumps from the screen and spreads itself out to every corner of the house. So, nice. yeah, he uh, obviously a different experience what he had to what we had watching it on <laughs> pirate <laughs> videos and but another one, another review we always go back to. Pete Bradshaw liked it as well. He oh, gave it wow. four, no, no, he, gave, he gave it four out of five. Uh, Bradshaw said <laughs> the whole. The whole thing is just that little bit wackier, perhaps closer to the 60s TV, TV version, although Two-Faces Burns are nastier than that show would have permitted. Um, so Bradshaw liked how it was more like the 60s one. It was a bit it was a bit jazzier and camper than uh, Burton's dark and gothic cool. ones. Um, so yeah, it was it, oh, yeah, yeah. Mainly, mainly, mainly mediocre, but uh, our two sort of go-tos uh, were, were on board with it. Lovely. You don't often get them on the same page either. No. Really don't. Bradshaw usually hates everything. Every big studio thing, he's like, nope, don't care, not interested. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ah, fabulous, fabulous. Um, well, uh, into, I mean, we've talked about the huge um, bankability of the stars involved here. Yeah. Um, but I, I've heard the odd rumour, uh, well, no, we, we basically talked about it, that, that they might not have got on at times. Oh, nobody on this cast got on. So not, we'll get to Tommy Lee and Jim Carrey in a minute because I've got a clip and we'll let Jim Carrey explain it better because he'll be do it much just, better justice than me. But apparently Val Kilmer and Joel Schumacher didn't get on. To oh, really? Either. I didn't know that one. Um, Schumacher described Kilmer as childish and impossible and at one point he didn't speak to him for two weeks. I don't know how you make a movie like that. <laughs> If you you can't even speak to the star, <laughs> the main character, weeks. yeah. 
Flipping heck. Well, I, I mean, uh, if we're going to go um, and talk about Tommy Lee and Carrie later... Yeah, um, well, I've got the you... clip here. Would you like guys like to hear Carrie's version oh, of Oh, is it actually live? Was oh, it an I audio thought, thing? I thought oh, yeah, just... you told Howard Stern. So I'll, uh, oh, you might want to drop this in later, Si. Um, yeah, yeah, I'll play yeah. it for oh, you guys so you can react it. to it. Play it. The Howard Stern Show. When you were doing Batman Forever and uh, you were making that... The legend goes that you were on the set fighting with this guy, Tommy Lee Jones, all the time. <laughs> that the two of you did not get along at all. That you annoyed him, well, he annoyed you. Well, I think what you. happened was, you know, I was really looking forward to working with Tommy because he's a fantastic actor. And he right. still is to me. I, I, I love him. I, I mean, he's amazing. Right. But uh, he was a little crusty. He was a little crusty. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, he's, he's <laughs> sometimes that Rhodes Scholarship is, a, is a, more of a weapon than, a, oh. than an right. asset. And uh, and uh, I think he was just uh, a little freaked out because Dumb and Dumber came out on the same weekend as Cobb. Right. And Cobb was his big swing for the fences. <laughs> right. And, right. And, uh, it didn't work out. Pun. And Do you think- that didn't work out, and that freaked him out a bit, I think. And it made him... It, it, I walked into a restaurant about, you know, the night before um, our big scene in the Riddler's Lair, and and uh, the maitre d' said, you're working with Tommy Lee Jones, aren't you? I said, yeah, I am. And he said, he's in the back corner. He's having dinner. I said, oh, great. I'll go say hi. And I went up to say hi, and the blood drained from his face <laughs> in such a way that I realized that I had become the face of his pain, you know, or something. And uh, he got up kind of shaking wow. and hugged me and said, I hate you. <laughs> I really don't like you. Oh my. Wow. And I was like, wow, okay, well, what's going on, man? Like that. And he said, uh, I cannot sanction your buffoonery. Wow. <laughs> wow. So he didn't want to work with you at all. He did not want to work me at that point. <laughs> this is so great. I mean, the fact that we've, we've had stories <laughs> like this, but we've never had it straight from the horse's mouth like no, that. No, no. <laughs> I mean, it was I mean, just one side of the tail, but... Right. Oh. Uh, what I will say here is, like, Tommy Lee Jones is absolutely wrong there, yeah, but for gifting the world the phrase, I cannot sanction your buffoonery. (laughs) I think he sort of deserves a statue. Like, when my son gets out of line, I tell him I can't sanction his buffoonery. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, like, yeah, he's been a bit of an arsehole, but at the end of the day, it's an iconic line. Like, this is what... Every time someone mentions Batman Forever, that's the first thing I think about now. <laughs> you know about that for a while, James, because this was all fresh up. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's, it's been doing the rounds for quite some time, that story now. It's just absolutely <laughs> outstanding. So funny. You know, his sanctions sound so official, a bit like that poor fellow before who didn't sign up for that version of Batman. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder whether he'd sanction this buffoonery. So needless to say, they didn't get on, but Val Kilmer and Jim Carrey did get on. Apparently uh, their fathers had both passed recently and they bonded over that, which is quite nice and um, and lovely. Um, So the film itself is obviously directed by Joel Schumacher, who was brought in to replace Tim Burton, although Tim Burton's on as a producer. But given the tone and the way that this veers away from his Batman movies, it looks like he's almost only just only a producer in name, really. Yeah. And there's a lot of of alleged rumours. I got this off IMDb, so don't sue us, McDonald's, right? But apparently McDonald's (laughs) wouldn't sanction any cross-marketing with the film 
if Burton remained as director because of what happened with Batman Returns and how dark that was and how it went oh, across right, right. against their ethos as a company. So this right. is very much a tone shift in terms of the film itself. And Joel Schumacher is a director that I quite like as well um, in yeah, terms of yeah. he'd made The Lost Boys, Falling, Falling Down, Down, which is a really yeah. good movie with Michael yeah. Douglas, Flatliners, shot by Yonderbont. And he also made Colin Farrell a star as well. Like he sort of discovered Absolutely. Colin Farrell and made him into a movie star. You know, he's a really good director. And from little snippets of interviews I've read, this wasn't necessarily the film that he made, but he's a good seen as a good stylist, a good steady pair of hands who could come in and do what the uh, studio were asking of him in terms of changing the tone around. And boy, did he do that. He went very flamboyant. <laughs> Completely opposite, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, when you talk about style, I mean, there is a definite style here, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, style is not something that this film is short of. I mean, Batman's referred to as the Dark Knight at one point. It's more, it's more like the Day Glow Knight. Like, it's, just, <laughs> it's incredible yeah. the amount of colour that's in this Batman film. <laughs> it is, it is. But it still manages to be quite dark. I don't mean tonally, I just mean visually. You know, it's still, yeah. it, well, it takes place at night, but everyone's got glow sticks and... Uh, <laughs> Was, was yeah. Joe Schumacher really into Laser Quest at the time? <laughs> he went to Quasar one week and he was like, this is it, this is it. <laughs> Should we use that to dive straight into the film? Because I think the, the look yeah. imprints itself right from the straight beginning. Straight away, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mega 3D lettering titles. Yeah. Um, and great score. Ba, 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 ba. As the big letters go past. Yeah. And, and um, do you know who the composer is, Rob? Uh, oh, I did, I did, I did, I did, I did. I can't. It's He's another man who's been on this uh, been on this program very recently. In fact, this is Elliot Goldenthal, who did Demolition Man, which was our ah, last episode. If people want to go and check well, that out. Wow. Welcome back, sir. Yeah. So nice to see you so soon again. <laughs> <laughs> it it takes the Elfman cues at the beginning, doesn't it? And then just yeah, completely yeah. disbands her as well. Yeah, yeah, I'm just going to go off. <laughs> I still think it's a good score. I like the score for this film. Get the horns yeah. out. Get the brass yeah. section going. <laughs> I mean, I think from a technical perspective, there's, this film is very good. Um, the cinematography is yeah, yeah. great. So this was actually nominated for three Oscars, you know, this film. Really? So wow, Stephen Goldblatt, the cinematographer, was nominated for Best Cinematography, obviously not for Best Cross Services or anything like that. Uh, <laughs> he also... Um, uh, he, it was also nominated for Best Sound and Best Sound Editing, which is pretty standard for these big budget yeah. kind of movies. But yeah, three Oscar noms. Didn't win, obviously, but like <laughs> in the conversation. Oh, not makeup and costumes, because that's pretty good as well. The, um, the... Oh, the two-faced makeup is so good in this. So yeah, yeah really that is. leads us in really, nicely really into is. the film, isn't it, Rob? Because that's who, really, who's well, the really first vi just... villain we see here. He is. I'm still just trying to get over the fact that Val Kim didn't get an Oscar nomination for location research. <laughs> um, but the um, yeah, we go straight into, and you know straight away this is a much different Gotham as the camera swoops between rooftops here. This is a much different Gotham to Tim Burton's Gotham that we left in yeah. um, the Penguin, uh, the Penguin movie, <laughs> Batman, Batman Returns. Returns um, but we we're in with a bank heist. Um, and it's Two-Face on the um, second anniversary of his capture 
uh, the second bank, the bank of Gotham. And they're all looking at each other like, well, obviously you'd go here. Then why weren't you monitoring, you idiots? <laughs> why didn't you do something? No, just sit and wait. Why not? Um, but, yeah, and, and straight away, Jones has got a great introduction, doing a coin flick over a little little geezer. And, um, I mean, Jones is really good. He is good. Straight Considering when you really take good. into account that he's hating every minute of being on set and, and, <laughs> and yeah. the makeup as well must have been an absolute nightmare. Like, I think it's like three, four hours every single day. Like, I mean, oh, he's being well yeah, paid, yeah. but it's clearly not his, in, you know, if you know anything about Tommy Lee Jones' career, this isn't in his wheelhouse, but no. I think he goes for it. Like, he it's definitely a... does. I mean, <laughs> like when you talk about non-sanctioned buffoonery, I mean, I hope someone sanctioned his because he's yes. buffooned enough <laughs> all over the place. Yeah. Um, I don't need, I don't know whether Kerry had to sanction it, did he? Feel bad? I just thought he was doing his best Jack Nicholson impression from the first Batman. He's, he's, just like, <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. a proto-Joker, um, just with yeah. better makeup. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's a definite argument there for that. Um, I think, but I think like it's quite, it's an iconic look. His his two face look in this film is quite indelible in the mind. Um, oh yeah. And um, I think because you know, on the flip side, I think Carrie's um, Riddler is far more forgettable in his his onesies later on that show off his Riddler junk. Like well, <laughs> his Gronk. Riddler <laughs> Gronk. Riddle me this. No. Yeah, no. Put <laughs> it away. No. PG. <laughs> Quite enough. Thank sorry, you. I'm, 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 sorry, I'm sorry, Mr. Riddler. I missed that because I was too busy looking at your massive bulge in your. <laughs> <laughs> There's one point where he, he the side of silhouette of bulge when he's blowing up the. <laughs> and uh, all you can see is this like horrendous outline, and it's like. <laughs> Bag of walnuts that he's <laughs> Is it is it in the shape of a question mark? <laughs> there's no evidence to say it's not, but there's no evidence. <laughs> um, but I like I really like this opening sequence. I really like everything about it. Um yeah. and um they've got in um you know Commissioner Gordon. Uh, one of the things that I think Nolan's films did right later, much later on than this, was get Commissioner Gordon much better, much more right. Oh, he's stuff. such a buffoon, isn't he? Speaking of buffoonery, <laughs> like at one point in the film, he goes to the bat signal with his pajamas on, like he lives downstairs. <laughs> like <laughs> he's very much just a staple sort of useless police officer, isn't he? Um, yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> And uh, yeah, yeah, no, I, I quite enjoyed this opening action sequence. It sort of sets the tone as well, and it feels a little bit like Burton. But then you're getting these cartoony elements, yeah, introduced as well at the same time. And there's a bit with a safe, isn't there? And yeah. and Batman ends up in the safe. There's a lot of Batman in the opening, which I appreciated because you don't yeah. get that a lot in Batman. This is who we've come to see. We've come yeah. to see Batman, and straight away you get Batman being a proper freaking hero, mm-hmm. um, swooping in out the night, macking on some outrageously attractive-looking psychotherapist, and <laughs> um, and then he's away. They go in quite hard with the psychology motif from the off, don't they? Because that's they do, the, yeah. they do, yeah. The, that's Bruce Wayne's main story arc in this movie. It um, is, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And the villain, you know, Two Face in itself is just, you know, he's too, you know, schizophrenic character. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And that's who Dr. Meridian Chase is. She's an expert on um, it's psychology. Chase Meridian. And- <laughs> so, what is it? Meridian Chase. 
Did I yeah, get no, the, the names this right? Is, this is so interesting that you say that, Si, because you've, her name is Chase, Dr. Chase Meridian, right? Yeah. You called her Dr. Meridian Chase. Right throughout the film, she's known as Dr. Chase Meridian. Until the very end, right? I know we're going to dive forward here. But then she says, she announces herself at Arkham Asylum and says, like, uh, Dr. Nygma, it's, it's Dr. Meridian Chase. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? Like it's her email We're- suffix with the surname <laughs> at the front first. <laughs> okay, Doctor Meridian. So her outrageous flirting with with Batman. Oh yeah. Um, oh, she's coming onto it like a freight train. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Professionalism, like this film would not pass the Bechdel test. Well, she's the only woman in it, so she's got nobody to speak. To. <laughs> <laughs> Straight away, she is uh, a love interest for Batman, who is oh, also yeah. a psychologist. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the, the, the side for that. It's um, not subtle, is it, this film? You could never no. accuse it of that. It's very much no, puts no. what it wants on the front street, doesn't it? Like, Dr. Chase Meridian <laughs> is a psychologist because Batman is crackers, and also she's really into the Bat, and she's also really into Bruce Wayne, and maybe they'll switch around at some point. Like, two faces <laughs> yeah. are baddie, Jim Carrey's crazy, right, let's go. It's it's not subtle storytelling. No, <laughs> so, but you know what? I'm digging all that. I'm digging all that. Yeah, I'm yeah. here. This is why I'm here. This is why I paid my, back then, £4.50 or whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this is, this is a brilliant, yeah, this set piece with the helicopter. Drags yeah. the safe out of a building. Batman goes up. He's in the thing. How are you feeling about Kilmer as Batman at this point? I really like Kilmer in this. I think he's good. I do. Yeah, Kilmer's ace. Really I think he's. Yeah. I think he's a real strong point in the film. I'm so uh, glad. I, I do. Uh, really it's a shame with Val Kilmer because apparently he's like an absolute nightmare to work with, according to a number <laughs> of different directors, and he sort of torpedoed his own career after the nineties, but just by being difficult and getting fired off a lot of um, and essentially getting blacklisted. But he's a brilliant yeah. actor. He's really, really good. Really I've never is. seen him in did. anything where I thought, oh, he's terrible in this. Like, I haven't yeah. seen a lot of his direct-to-DVD stuff, but when I, in his in the main movies that he was in, in terms of things that went got wide cinematic releases, he, I always found him really good value. Mm. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree totally with that. I even liked him in Island of Dr. Moreau. Yeah, he got fired off that as well. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, there's a fascinating documentary, just to go off on a little tangent, that, oh, um, where about the making of Doctor the Island of Dr. Moreau, because it was an absolute shit show from start to finish, right? <laughs> and Richard <laughs> Stanley, the original director, he got fired from the project and they were shooting out in some Australian uh, jungle or whatever. And uh, he went out into the jungle took a load of psychedelics and then came back onto the set as an extra and nobody even knew. There's a fascinating documentary, I think it's on Netflix, <laughs> about the behind-the-scenes nonsense oh that word. happened on Dr. Moreau. <laughs> Have you guys seen the movie? No, no. No, I haven't, actually, no. Well, I, I've got it. It's Yeah, it's all right. It's really unsettling, really unsettling. But, um, you know, it's probably a good 15 years since I've seen it, but, like, yeah, it's messed up. You, 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 the films you haven't and have seen, Rob, is brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> no, some of them multiple times, you know. I, I've not seen Vertigo, but I've got Amazon asking me whether I want to rent Abominable for an eighth time. <laughs> so after the, the entire comic book has come to life with this opening scene, Bruce Wayne is now in full swift, suave, Val Kilmer mode, yeah, and he's going around one of his investments, which is a uh, 
like a research facility for science stuff. Yeah, it's like Wayne Tech, isn't it? It's like in the Nolan movies. It's just they haven't got um, Morgan Freeman's character down there running mm. things. Mm. It's like the offshoot of Wayne Tech, isn't it, or what have you? And yeah, yeah. This is where Jim Carrey's character works and is apparently being completely unsupervised and undirected throughout the entire process. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's revealed he's rather, you know, um, working on some rather dangerous stuff. And um, it, it, it's one of the best um, line deliveries ever, I think, this, where he says to Bruce... Um, I just need some additional funding for human trials. Let me show you, please! <laughs> it's just such a nice delivery. Carey goes full Jim Carey. He does. He does, yeah. the whole, he, he absolutely he, does. He doesn't ever stop. He's like full Jim Carrey throughout yeah. the whole of this movie, even when he's not yet the Riddler. Yes. <laughs> just, yes. Which for me was a bit of an issue. Now, when I was an 11-year-old, I was all in on Jim Carrey. I thought he was amazing. Yeah. Like, he was the funniest person I'd ever seen. Like, I loved every single one of his movies throughout the 90s. But watching this, this time, I can see why Tommy Lee lost it with him, honestly. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, I know what you mean. He was I, I like think... this non-stop on set. You'd, he's lucky he got out alive, to be honest. He didn't have that cane shoved up his up his bottom. It was something I was going to bring up later, but I think th it's worth saying that I don't know how far you go along with this film if you're not going along with Jim Carrey at this point. Yeah, because he becomes so... He's, he, it's sort of... Because it starts off that... And this is possibly as well where some of the tension comes from, is it... It starts off Two-Face. The first 15 minutes is Batman in pursuit of Two-Face. And then we have Edward Nygma and the uh, Riddler's origins uh, for like half an hour. And then when them two come together later in the film, so we're jumping ahead a little bit, my biggest issue with the film is there's no contrast. They're both so zany all the time. Mm -hmm. And obviously, Tommy Lee Jones is a fantastic actor, but he's not a natural outlandish comedian in the same way yeah. that Jim Carrey is and he just can't match him so I don't know if he was just like this guy's blowing me off the fucking screen here like because <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know like it's like it's the Champions League tie he's at home and he's got two away goals and Tommy Lee Jones is like oh I've got no chance here why have I even bothered turning up <laughs> this was one of the few films what I've managed to watch with my missus um, and at this point, she she gave me some notes here and there whilst oh, watching nice. the film. Her note here was when uh, Bruce Wayne meets Edward Nigma. Um, Jim Carrey is way sexier than Val Kilmer. <laughs> that was the, her comment for this for this. What? Set. what? <laughs> when he's in the Nigma getup with the Tim Burton hair. Yeah, she was like, "Oh, Jim Carrey is very sexy, way sexier than Val Kilmer." I was like, "All right, love." <laughs> Don't know what that says about me. <laughs> but, uh, I'm going to bring this back up again later when I address identity. Uh, yeah. So we can get a bit more context. <laughs> then we rattle on through to um, he kills his boss. There's a circus scene, which is where we get introduced to Chris O'Donnell's character. Yeah, there's so many bloody origin stories in this movie because we even get a Tommy Lee yeah. Jones Two-Face origin, don't we? We in, do. Uh, via but they manage it. It's managed. It doesn't <laughs> yeah. feel like, um, you know, yeah. the movie licks along pretty quick. It 
it does. I, I think the origin story thing is pretty good, and I especially love the Two Face one because Batman's in the courtroom, and it's like, was <laughs> yeah. he just in the background, like watching proceedings yeah, yeah. full Batman get up, just <laughs> in case something went that. down? Yeah, yeah. Your Honor, you don't mind if I just sit in on the proceedings, do you? <laughs> yeah. This is where the public gallery is. <laughs> He's just sat in the background, just waiting. Your Honor, will you be calling recess soon? I need to go drain the bat pole. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and can we have an extra five minutes? Because getting in and out of this suit is it's difficult. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I just love that bit. I only noticed that on this watching, and I was like, hang about. This is like a daytime courtroom, and Batman's just there. <laughs> Was he a witness? <laughs> uh, state your name, wait, please. Wait. Batman. <laughs> I'm Batman. <laughs> um, <laughs> the I really like the circus scene in that sort of hippodromey thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I yeah, because a really good sequence. Uh, so Bruce Wayne, he's been, he's he went to see um, Doctor Chase Meridian for some uh, psychology that got all it, got, it all got way too sexy in that psychologist office. Really me. did. He's very sexy. He's <laughs> very sexy, and then he says, "Do you want to go to the circus?" And they literally <laughs> go to the circus and watch. It wasn't no, a he, euphemism. He, yeah, yeah. Was, he says, "I've got to get you out of those clothes." Like, yeah. Hang on, Roger. Where how did you get here? <laughs> <laughs> and into a black dress. Tell me, Doctor, do you like the circus? Since when is going to the circus a black tie event, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> Must be a Gotham thing. Just a lovely yeah. Gotham thing. All the dignitaries were there, to be fair. Yeah, but... Co- covered so. by the news, very closely covered by the news. Yeah, like yeah, a live yeah. feed from the circus. <laughs> we don't get that uh, orphan big top down here. <laughs> <laughs> on the BBC World yeah. News service, like Zippo's Circus again. <laughs> and this is where we're introduced to Robin and the Flying Graysons, aren't we? So Dick Grayson yeah, yeah, yeah. and his family of acrobats. I don't know if that's canon or not. Someone who knows more about the comic books can probably tell us if that's true or not. I think it. I think it is for Dick Grayson. Yeah. I think the Robin a- angle of this film is the best thing about it. It's really good. I, I, I really, yeah. I really like this circus bit. I I love the nod to Robin's original get up because yeah, you can't really get away with that in a film. Yeah, even yeah. though this film is ridiculous, you still wouldn't get away with it. But it's a good yep. little nod. Absolutely, yeah. So uh, Two Face turns up and starts fucking shit up as is his one. He puts a big ball full of TNT, which is so. <laughs> So Acme Looney Tunes cartoon, <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it is, isn't it? <laughs> and for some reason he starts, well, we know why, because the plot demands it. But for some reason he starts uh, hiring the, the the ball full of TNT up towards the top of the circus tent, which doesn't make any sense if you want to massacre a lot of people. <laughs> like you keep it closer <laughs> to them. doesn't make any matter. <laughs> and his whole thing is, you've got two minutes and someone needs to tell me who Batman is or he needs to announce himself if he's here. And Val Kilmer can't wait as Bruce Wayne. He's just like, I'm Batman! <laughs> Look at me! He's like holding a sign up. I'm Batman! <laughs> Nobody notices. Yeah, you get it because you, you got it from the opening sequence that 
Bruce Wayne's had a tip full of being Batman now. He's just had enough. <laughs> yeah, he just can't be yeah. asked anymore. So yeah. by this point, he's like, "Yeah, whatever. It's me. I don't. I don't care." Just... <laughs> yeah. But they can't. You couldn't hear him. No. Uh, and nobody else notices either that billionaire Bruce Wayne, the most impo- uh, important person in the whole of Gotham, is really handy in a fight. He's like knocking down <laughs> yeah. henchmen with in a tuxedo, <laughs> like like a pound shop James Bond, like absolutely <laughs> loving it. And no one's like, "Hey, look, Bruce." Yeah, the bomb and everything. But look, Bruce Wayne is absolutely kicking ass down there. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, look, the cameras are just on the bomb that's going to kill anyone. Anyway, that goes up towards the, the, the top of the big top. And the Graysons use their acrobatic skills to get it out. Although three of them plummet to their death. And <laughs> Chris O'Donnell, as, as Dick Grayson, manages to get it out the top and pushes it. I don't know. It goes into the bay, doesn't it, nearby? It does, yeah, yeah. Really yeah. nice underwater explosion. Lovely stuff, yeah. Really nice. And then he pokes his head over the top to see yeah. his, you know. His family. And all their gorgeous sideburns are now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The cracking, dead. <laughs> like cracking, but set of sideburns for the Grayson family. Oh, They've lovely all got gorgeous said, yeah. sideburns. Deep, deep dish. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's affecting this. It affected me watching it at the time. It's still affecting now, but it's it's still in that we're still very much in um, comic book backstory mode here. But it's done with such speed that yeah. I'm I'm totally going along with everything at this point. The first forty five minutes really cracks along. By the way, we're not even into the plot of the movie yet. The real plot yeah. of the movie doesn't click in until like fifty fifty five minutes. This is only a two hour movie. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> you're absolutely correct. Um, then uh, Bruce says he's going to take on and look after Dick Grayson. Yeah. Um, well, how old is Dick Grayson supposed to be, by the way? Oh Why does he God, need to I be fostered? <laughs> he's 37 he years was... old. <laughs> <laughs> but Bruce Wayne? No, Dick Grayson. Dick he's Grayson. 37. Why does he need to move in Bruce Wayne as his carer? <laughs> because Robin... Uh... Robin's going on about like he's only gone to stay with him to for social services because he don't want social services on his back and it's like you're about 21 mate social services don't give a shit yeah yeah he's hip he's cool he's 37 years old <laughs> <laughs> so uh, do you know who else was up for the role of Dick Grayson oh I, um was it DiCaprio was yeah. was one of them Oh, I look, I'll tell you what, I love the balls on DiCaprio, right? Went in for a meeting, we want you to be Robin. Okay, yeah, yeah, I can have a look at the script, right? Okay, what's your... And he's like interviewing Joel Schumacher going, yeah, I'm not sure about the direction of this, Joel. He's done fuck all at this point. Like, this is before <laughs> Romeo and Juliet, before Titanic. Like, he's like, nah, I don't like the creative direction you're taking this Joel Schumacher man who's made loads more movies than me at this stage. <laughs> Uh, also, what else is um, you know true artists to the right even at the start, like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> very particular. Uh, who else was up for the role? Which I would have loved this. Uh, Marky Mark himself, Mark Wahlberg. Oh, seriously? Was, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? No, <laughs> Batman. <laughs> Two Face killed my family, bro. <laughs> we gotta go and get his ass. <laughs> <laughs> Say hi to your mother for me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, I didn't know that. Wow, Marky Mark. Yeah. Imagine, because like there, if you think about the year that this came out, they're in the right age bracket. More so than Chris. Yeah, yeah. O- I mean, Chris O'Donnell might have been, but he looked forty years old. So <laughs> I don't really buy it. <laughs> he looks the same age as Val Kilmer. 
Yeah, the, the, the whole partnership thing. I mean, because I think as much as this, I'm finding this harder and harder to deal with, that heroes in movies, I'm, big, I'm getting older than them. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. I'm older than Bruce Wayne in this in Batman Forever. That is absolute depression. As well. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, with fo- like with footballers. You're like, oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, honestly, yeah. the hardest thing to deal with this year at 37 is I'll never play for England. <laughs> oh, dear. I'm never going to happen. No, but it is, I find it quite jarring that he's 36. And not jarring in a bad way, because it's quite right that he's... Yeah achieving this at 36. I mean what he's getting up to of an evening you need to be in good physical shape this is not an old man's game this like well no no but you're right I mean I think Grayson should have been uh, at the maximum 20 yeah he might have been who knows but Chris O'Donnell looks looks a lot older he does look older doesn't he yeah. he certainly doesn't look like social services would give a shit <laughs> lost his family <laughs> Chris O'Donnell being 25 then I mean O'Donnell's 50 this year yeah so there what? he is yeah. Chris O'Donnell's 50 years old. Jesus. Yeah, he was about 25 when he made this. Yeah, 25 yeah, years oh ago. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, he's 50 years old. Wow. I know. <laughs> totally depressing. Anyway, he wants to know uh, what's in the little trophy cabinet downstairs at Wayne Manor. Yeah. Um, so as soon as the door starts to swing shut, he shouts, Now! And then dives off. <laughs> Who is he <laughs> shouting now to? I don't know. <laughs> Just in case anyone was like, no! Right, and he's diving yeah. out of the, over the banister and swinging down. It's and... one of the most ridiculous sequences I've ever seen. Like, I adore every second of it. The door would have shot, would it? It would have <laughs> shot. It would have been quicker <laughs> for him to run down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> By the time he gets to the big tapestry on the wall, or like the curtains, <laughs> yeah. what, he, what, he, what he shimmies down, it's like the door would have shut, mate. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's a good life lesson, this, because whenever I'm trying to do something secret, I always scream, now, before <laughs> I do it. <laughs> like, when I sneak downstairs in the night for a glass of water, I always, now, before anyone can, you know. <laughs> yeah, and Alfred's just like, oh, what a dick this kid is. Like, But Alfred quite likes him, doesn't he? And Alfred, oh, yeah, like yeah. Commissioner Gordon, is a carryover, isn't he, from the... Uh, they're the only two characters, aren't they? You've yeah. made it over from Burton. because this is a sequel, isn't it? It's not a reboot is, yeah. or anything like that. It's a sequel. They reference things that have happened in the previous movies. So yeah. uh, Nicole um, Kidman's Nicole's, character yeah. mentions the fact that Bruce. Uh, I always I keep wanting to say Bruce Willis. Bruce Wayne <laughs> had a thing for Batwoman or Batman rather. Uh, uh, had Bat- a thing for, uh, Bat- Catwoman. Uh, for Catwoman. God, I'm yeah. having a nightmare, eh? Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, it's a continuation. That was the yeah. only point that but the, I was there's to make. A, Yeah, because there's a reference where um, Val, uh, Bruce Wayne's talking to Dick Grayson and he says he says to him, killing Two-Face is not going to... It's going to make it worse mm-hmm. because he killed Joker and it made it worse for him. Yep. Um because yeah. he, because they they changed it for the films that like Joker killed his parents and he ended up killing him in the first one. So that was a direct reference to that, wasn't it? That he it didn't make it better for him that he killed. Yes, I believe the so. Who was yeah. Responsible for his parents' deaths, and that's what that line is. Yeah, um, yeah. Which I thought was quite good. I, 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 it was obviously something I missed as a kid, but that that really stuck out with me. That line. Yeah, it it's so cool. I mean, the only problem for me I've got with that is that not with that at all. More that the aesthetic is such a step away from the Burton movies that it's very hard to see them in a sequel context. And it's not because of Kilmer yeah. being Batman. It's just because the aesthetic is such a step away. Um, there's O'Donnell nicks the Batmobile um, just when Val Kilmer is macking on Chase Meridian. 
yep. um, which is really unhelpful, particularly in the timing department, because he tells uh, Michael Goff that he's busy. Um, and Batman's got to step in. Oh, Donald does a pretty good job of roughing He does, he's quite people. handy in a fight. Yeah, yeah. 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 Roundhouse kicking fools like nobody's business. Yeah, although he's not got, you know, a really good control of the clutch on the Batmobile yet. <laughs> no. Were you disappointed he didn't have any crisp Timberlands on, Rob, whilst he was supplying There was a lot of great roundhouse kicks going on. But I think, I think it was, <laughs> I, no, I think I, I'm going to side with the filmmakers here because I think that at night the Timberlands wouldn't have looked great. They wouldn't have looked pristine enough. Probably difficult to drive a Batmobile in Timberlands as well. Actually. Well, yeah, I think maybe that's what he wants. <laughs> <laughs> and then suddenly, we Batman, you know, goes home. He's got a branded towel. Did you notice? <laughs> got a, a, like when he gets in, Alfred puts a branded bat towel. Yeah, <laughs> it's it? all building towards the bat credit card, isn't it? In Robert, in Batman, isn't and Robert, it, isn't it? The bat expenses. <laughs> Uh, and then there's a brilliant gala unveiling of Jim Carrey's box thing that can read minds. Yeah, and um, that's the whole crux of the film. That is the is, villain's big big plan. So basically, Two Face and the Riddler are working together. Uh, Jim Carrey wants to use his tech to steal everybody's thoughts in Gotham, and at the same time, that will bring Batman to them. And then Harvey Dent wishes to kill Batman because he blames him for what happened to his face and his personality. Essentially, yes, yeah, yes. It's very basic in terms of plot. It's yeah, standard yeah. But, good guys versus yeah. bad guys, isn't it? And then yeah. the gala is um, brilliant. Is brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry, yeah, it's just brilliant. <laughs> yeah, because Jim Carrey is dressed exactly the same as Val Kilmer, right down to the horn rim <laughs> specs <laughs> and the mole as well. He's got a yeah. mole on his, on his jaw. Simon, your spectacles are quite similar to to Bruce Wayne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my. <laughs> Uh, this is a good uh, little factoid for you, James. Um, I was watching Batman Returns, <laughs> and uh, Michael Keaton had these glasses, and I was like, "Oh, they're really nice." And then I vent, I searched for Batman's glasses, and these were the glasses. So that's what I'm wearing right now. So the ones I the the, the I have gold rimmed Ray Ban glasses, um, and they were the ones what Michael Keaton oh! wore in Batman Returns. <laughs> that is outstanding. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, this is go. why we've been friends for years. <laughs> yeah, it's Andy Cole outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very niche joke. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure our listeners will get it. <laughs> uh, that's incredible because there's a gag, isn't there, about these glasses? Isn't there about you know yeah. like how when Bruce is wearing them, Jim Carrey <laughs> puts them on as well and then folds them as well and then yeah, there's a little yeah. thing with them. And um, we're also in this scene as well. Is we've not even mentioned them actually um, because there's two sides to Two Faces' personality. He's got two mistresses, so to speak. So he's got. Drew Barrymore as his good side. Yeah. And then he's got Debbie Mazar on his bad side, fresh from being Regina in um, in Beethoven's te- second and Goodfellas. <laughs> Goodfellas, yeah. yeah. I can't remember the character name. I think yeah, Sugar yeah. and Spice, is that what they're called? Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, yeah. They're not, they've not officially, they've not, they don't get named in the film, yeah. do they? No, no, no. Um, but they're, I mean, they're both really good in it as well. Drew <laughs> Barrymore was in this a lot more than I remember. I thought she was just in that one scene in Two Faces Layer. I forgot that she was in the gala as well as had mm. been farmed out as uh, Edward Nygma's date for the evening. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, and that brilliant, you can call me whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> God. And uh, they rinse out Batman's true identity by forcing him in the machine that reveals that um, 
Commissioner Gordon is a <laughs> massive perv. <laughs> That's not uh, Commissioner Gordon. That's just a random dude. It's just a random fat man. Are you yeah, sure? Yeah. I think yeah, so, yeah. That's not, oh, that's I not Commissioner that was Gordon. Pat Hingle. No, 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 no. No, it's Ooh. just a random dude. Is it? Uh, my apologies to Commissioner Gordon if that's the case. <laughs> We're going to have to take this to, sex, the, to the... Sex pest Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is how rumours get started. Yeah. <laughs> Commissioner Gordon is not being cancelled. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The FYR Court of Arbitration to find out what really happened here. Well, no, you know, it's, uh, another woman goes in and she reveals that she's just absolutely besotted by jewellery. So, you know, no one's coming off well. Here. No, no. Bruce Wayne goes in. All he thinks about is apparently his bats. Yeah. Um, they've got that on tape. Two-Face arrives. He's fed up of all this unsanctioned buffoonery. Yeah. <laughs> He's got to go in and sort things out. And um, the girl, I mean, and then Batman drops in from the roof. It's a really great scene. Yeah, I yeah. love the lighting. It's Your brilliant. entrance was good. His was better is one of the best lines. Yeah, the yeah. Film. That's a trailer line straight it away, is, yeah, isn't yeah. it? And he duffs up everyone. The bat suit looks incredible. Uh, yeah. Incidentally, this is the one of the last times, and really underrated, that the bat logo on his chest is still yellow. Ah, right. Okay. Before it goes full, you know, like the PVC no across everywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, so they changed the suit. It's yellow, yeah. Uh, very important, that, by the way. Um, and um, loads of good fights. Um, Batman then has to climb up to escape, and he's in serious hero mode. And he and he grabs, uh, sorry, Chase, Dr. Chase grabs him and says, my place, midnight. Like he's in the middle of a fight. Like, <laughs> And do you know what Batman does? He does a Roger Moore double take. Like, <laughs> <laughs> It's absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah, I mean... Super and stuff. because he's so aroused by the encounter with <laughs> Dr. Chase Meridian, he ends up getting captured by Two-Face, doesn't he? Like, he goes, for the second time in the movie, he jumps down into a into a confined space, basically. Yeah, yeah I mean, I did For the world's greatest detective, he's not really doing a lot of detecting, <laughs> is he? To fall the same thing twice. <laughs> That that shot is pretty good though, isn't it? When he yeah, jumps yeah. off to to chase two. That's where a lot of the, you can see a lot of the effects budget went in that one shot and he yeah, jumps yeah. off the roof. Yeah. And it follows him down and for, that's pretty fucking good. It is really, for, really for ninety five. It's extremely yeah. good. Yeah, Matt, really. The only thing, the editing here suggested that Two Face walked out the front door yeah. and Batman started climbing. Suddenly, Batman is fifty stories up. Has he been climbing like mad? You know? <laughs> He's that horny from the moment when Chase yeah. moves like, flipping it, flipping it. He's up, he's, he's 50 stories up and he looks down and he sees, oh dear, you know, they've just walked out the front door, best jump down. Cheeky little base jump, here we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really, really good. Uh, I like the plan here to ice Batman yeah. with fire and, you know, mm. drop it into this little catacomb thing and ice him but it doesn't work so he just um that brilliant um why won't you just die moment is really yeah good. yeah but that shot that shot as well where um the, he tries to bl- just set him on fire basically but his back cape protects him yeah and it good. goes it goes a bit slow-mo when he comes out and he, he does fire behind him and he's just like you could just see him kill his eyes like i've had enough of this shit i just yeah, can't be asked right, anymore yeah, yeah and he's yeah, just yeah. like oh god's sake and that shot is Amazing. That's and amazing, yeah. Th- th- this is probably a good point for me. Th- for me, this is where the film's a bit weird for me because it's as if Kilmer, uh, Bruce Wayne's story is completely different to the rest of the movie. Because yeah. I think Bruce Wayne's arc and his story arc for this film is really good. 
And it goes into this, like, he's really struggling as Batman. Uh, he's been doing it for too long, and he's had enough of it. The memory of his parents' death has is, is, is got too much for him. And it's he's acting in a different movie. He's acting in Tim Burton's third Batman movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah, everyone yeah. else is doing Joel Schumacher's bonkers comedy <laughs> bonanza, <laughs> and no one told Val Kilmer about it. Well, no, because they weren't talking. So. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> you don't talk to the director, you don't get the notes. <laughs> This shot sums that up for me because the what what Kilmer brings to this Val Kilmer brings to this film does not suit the tone of the movie at all, and it's it's such a shame because he is a really good Batman, and yeah, yeah, yeah. He, is, he is a really good Batman. We could we deserved another Batman, uh, as, as in like another movie of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, great save from um, Robin, who uses his acrobatic skills to hoik him out of a pile of sand. Exactly, and they go home and. Um, <laughs> does this like I think like Robin says right I'm your partner now but yeah, Val yeah. Kilmer decides it's time to call it a day yeah yeah I'm knocking this on the head yeah I'm knocking, I'm knocking <laughs> this right on the head this is after watching a little bit of creepy slow-mo library footage of uh, <laughs> of Dr. Chase <laughs> yeah. it's really weird isn't it like, oh, I think I should probably quit slow-mo of her hair yeah. in the wind like because she tells she tells Batman that she's she's in love with Bruce Wayne and oh, not Batman. Yeah. She go, he goes that night. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he just nearly yeah. died. But nothing can kill that <laughs> erection. He's going. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Robin originally grabbed when he yeah, was yeah. pulling him out the gravel. <laughs> Batman, you have an er- massive erection. No, no, it's it's just the pleats on the bat suit. I'll have to take it back to the bat suit. <laughs> He does, he, does, he does that big face acting smile, doesn't he, when he oh, leaves? So oh. cheesy, yeah. yeah. yeah, it is, yeah. Um, and then, so he decides, right, he's, he's told her, uh, well, he's not told her anything. She's said she's actually in love with Bruce Wayne. Yeah. So um, he's dead happy about that. He goes home and he's he decides to retire. And he's got this, I don't know what it's <laughs> for bat- about 25 minutes. <laughs> yeah, he's got the bat retirement remote, which he uses to shut everything down with for God. <laughs> so he walks through the back and going, yeah. everything disappears, all the lights go off on that thing. <laughs> Same over there. And I don't know why he's quit, really. Is yeah. it because... Like the woman he's met four oh, times, he's just fed up. He's getting, he's getting nowhere. Like there's just every time he gets rid of one supervillain, another one springs up in its place. <laughs> yeah. So he invites, he invites Chase Marine round yeah. to Incredible Wayne Manor. They both want to tell each other, you know, big reveals. His is obviously quite a bit better than hers. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and they kiss, and she seems to realise that he's Batman. I yeah, think at that moment, absolutely, yeah. because it, they met the week, the night before, and then oh no, because <laughs> they they read the, the VHS tape of him look being feeling like bats. Um, they appear like Two Face and Riddler appear at his door, yeah. and siege Wayne Manor, and it's I really like this scene. Oh yeah, I've yeah. always liked it. The t- you know because again. Wayne's dead handy. Yeah, yeah. Loves a, loves, a, loves a scrap, doesn't he? Does he? Oh, he really does. And uh, Jim Carrey goes down in the basement, blows everything up. Uh, the back yeah. cave is in smithereens now. And they've got Chase and... And then it's basic sort of... He teams up with Robin. It's basic damsel in distress. Robin's literally no use whatsoever. He gets captured straight away as they go to the tape. Yeah, I mean, this <laughs> is after he was... All he had to do was drive a boat and the and the boat got blown up straight away. Yeah. So he had to save him then. 
Then he gets cut. Oh dear! What I just said yes. What to a the useless idiot! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is after. I mean, you know when he emerged with that lovely suit. Yeah. Because um, like a sonar suit didn't get destroyed, which actually I think is the first time you see a real shift change in the look of the bat suit in the whole yeah, yeah. franchise going forward. Well, this is when we see the bat ass as well, isn't it? You oh, see the bat. Ass. Yeah. The James. Please. We see the bat passage as it matches. <laughs> <laughs> You don't want to go in there. That's a real bat cave. <laughs> but the stance the ass takes, it's like like you've you've literally the camera is down low when you cross your legs in a chair. Yeah. And then you hold it. <laughs> yeah. Like don't don't you know and point at me and very good. Thank you. <laughs> uh, we got the shot, everyone. It's lunch. And then yeah, oh but Robin arrives in a lovely suit, and all I can think of is the night before is like Michael Goff, Alfred dipping a fully nude Chris O'Donnell into a vat of plaster of Paris. Now, gently, sir, gently, sir. It's the weirdest mansion in the world. Like I yeah. wouldn't, I wouldn't stay there for a night if you paid me a million dollars. There's all sorts going on in there. It's not a sane place. But it's a good Robin suit. I like this Robin suit. Yeah, I, I'm, okay. I'm down with this. And yeah, it's it's a big choice. And it's this whole end sequence on the little island is is straight it's a comic book come to life in every single way like even all the shots are just as you would imagine uh, and i felt like it was i was watching frames of a comic book being played out yeah i forgot how i found it quite underwhelming the final sequence like yeah, you've had these really intricate mean, yeah. action sequences throughout and then it's just like right chase meridian's in one tube uh robin's in another tube if uh batman gets the riddle wrong then both are going to plummet to their death essentially isn't it? And he uses yeah. the batarang to blow up the Riddler's machine. They both drop anyway, and then he just jumps down and saves them. And then Two Face comes out for one last hurrah, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. he does. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, it's and Batman kills the... him with a coin flip. Never kills Batman. <laughs> yeah. I didn't kill it. I didn't kill him. I didn't kill him. I, I just dropped yeah. coin. I just confused him in a really <laughs> precarious place, and he fell yeah. to his death. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going, to choose, I'm going to choose to look at it more that he saved Robin from having that death on his conscience by doing okay. it himself. <laughs> by committing ah. murder himself. <laughs> yeah. Yes, because yeah. he'd already done that with Joker. Yeah, that's that's the thing with these Burton ones, and to an extent now this if this Schumacher one is a co- continuation. He, he doesn't have the one rule, does he? That's only really established properly in the Nolan mm. ones, like, and actually stuck to. Like, in, in Batman v Superman, he's... He's killing people all over, left, right, and center. Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> but this is what they, it's a very strange thing why everyone got really like annoyed at that. Because yeah. um, in the first Batman, Tim Burton's Batman, he throws a lot of people down that bell tower. Well, when he's in the Batwing, he opens fire on the rooftop. <laughs> In in Batman Returns, he sets someone on fire with the back of it, with the engine of his Batmobile. Yeah, he, when he's like a jester guy, and he turns around and just blows this guy, and he's at the <laughs> shop like <laughs> <laughs> just like on fire. Donald's favourite moment, I believe that just... was. <laughs> it's like he kills kills loads of people in this. <laughs> uh, and then the, the encoder, it appears he's going to just live. With Chase Meridian forever, and everything will be happy. Oh, and she says that great line, don't work too late, when he goes off to be Batman. Yeah, That's yeah. cool. That's a cool line. Yeah, I love all that business. 
and um, I love Michael Goff. And then they roll they roll off in a Rolls Royce while on the rooftops, Batman and Robin go off to start fighting whoever. And thus ends the movie. I do have the usual question of best bit. So let's go with that first. Best bit. Uh, my favourite bit is quite early on. So after uh, the meeting, the, the initial meeting with Edward Nigma, there's a bat. Uh, the bat signal goes up, isn't it? Um, and uh, Bruce Wayne rushes back to his office in uh, in Wayne Tower, and his desk retracts, and he's got like a bat shoot, and he gets in that, Ooh, and he goes yeah. through like an, a subterranean tunnel, and it takes him directly to the bat cave. God knows how far that is, like because because <laughs> Wayne Manor's out in the sticks, and you assume that, Bruce, <laughs> that Wayne Tower's right in the centre of Gotham, so God knows how he's got that <laughs> planning permission for that. But, yeah, it was cool nonetheless. I love the I love these things about the Batman world, like you know, workmen, you know, <laughs> contractors coming in, like. Why are we building this again? <laughs> <laughs> and the excuse for everything with Batman is he's is is it's just Bruce Wayne. He's rich. He's rich. Like everything he asks for, just do it for him. He's rich. He's eccentric. Like that's always the, that's always the excuse. I love it. What about you, say? I really like the sequence where um, Nigma is coming up with his name. I think that's a really good sequence. Yeah, um, that is very and good, he's, isn't he's it, trying actually. to do that. But my fa- actual favorite bit and. <laughs> For comedic reasons, when uh, Robin does his laundry <laughs> with <laughs> which we could do a full hour on, to be honest. <laughs> the music, the music, he goes like, I don't need any help, and he's like, and he takes off and he spins it round, and he's up, and he just makes a total mess of the room. And Alfred's yeah, just water like, what everywhere. What are you doing? It's just Alfred's got to clean everywhere. that up. <laughs> Rubbing it in, in Alfred's face, they're winking at him like, "No, sir, why?" <laughs> He's like, Just, "I don't need any uh, help." Alfred's like, "I think you fucking do." Like he drops all the <laughs> he drops all the posh pretense. It's like, uh, "Do that again? I'm gonna bust your skull." My favourite bit. Like, it's so good. It's so good. I, um, I'm, I'm so sorry. My, my favourite bit does involve a busting of a skull, but it's Alfred's. You know, when the door opens at the trick or treat. <laughs> The, the, the lovely the cane comes in and smashes him on the head and he hits the deck. I can't not find it funny. It's so funny. Like, trick or treat. The day, the, the day player, the, the stunt actor, does such a great job of it in that lovely grey oh, wig that judders all the way to the floor. So, yeah, that's definitely my, um, oh, my favourite. There's a moment just before that as well. It's quite good, that whole trick or treat sequence when he's it's actually great, giving yeah, the yeah. kids their candy for... Uh, for trick or treat, and he goes, Now don't eat it all, or you'll be sick in your bed. <laughs> <laughs> Alfred absolutely knocking it out of the park in the spend of 30 seconds. <laughs> oh dear. Um, right. <laughs> um, very quickly, <laughs> extra question. Um, in a Schumacher cut, what would you like uh, to see more of? I'd say less, uh, to be honest. <laughs> oh, you mean, can we have more of the bat ass? <laughs> more of the bat ass. Uh, uh, no, I, I'd like to... Uh, um, 
I'd like to, nothing. I think it's fine. We don't need a Schumacher call. <laughs> I, I don't have anything. I mean, I, I could only think of a post-credit sequence where we finally get the resolution of that joke, which opened the film of Elga drive through of him, you know, actually in a drive through <laughs> saying like, yeah. no, drive- nuggets. Oh yeah, brilliant. If they were the, all the re- if they were the rage in the nineties, a mid-credits sequence where Robin and uh, Batman go to, through <laughs> McDonald's drive-through, yeah. like after fighting crime, like and, and, and that'd like, be brilliant. Batman gets Robin a happy meal because he's the kid in the relationship. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, right, gentlemen, um, FYR. What are you saying? I'll go last. Okay, so towards the end of the film, the Riddler says, was that over the top? I can never tell. And that line kind of sums the film up for me. So the film is all excess and colours, which as much as I've enjoyed discussing it with you guys, it just doesn't feel like Batman to me. There is good stuff in here, for sure. The cinematography is sublime. Kilmer is a great Batman and Two-Face's makeup is simply sublime. Uh, But the tone and general silliness, it just doesn't vibe with me. I didn't really, I never really liked the Adam West Batman when I was growing up. And so I think if you're not really into that campiness, then it's not really going to be for you. As uh, J.K. Simmons says in the great movie Whiplash, not quite my tempo. (laughs) I watched that this week as well, actually. What a film, what a film that is. Um, I, I'm going to go to uh, um, a review uh, from Empire. Ian Nathan wrote this review. He said, Schumacher's spin on the black-suited vigilante is as flawed as it is brilliant, as messy as it is impressive. A bit of a two-face, really. <laughs> um, clever. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I, I, I just totally agree with that. Um, I, I think every scene and like the overall story of it is just on the cusp of being so, so good. I love all the like Bruce Wayne battling his inner, inner demons and his burnout as being Batman, and I love all the Robin stuff, which I which I said before was I thought I yeah, think it's yeah. the strongest part of the film. But it's just that weird tone from the villains, which just makes it all off kilter for me. And I was just like, ah, I loved it as a kid, I really do. Um, and you know, it, if it's it's way more like the '60s Batman than Tim Burton's Batman, um, and it depends which sort of Batman you want. Like, if you do want to have fun with Batman, definitely watch this film. I think, without question, it's the most fun Batman. Yeah, yeah. and that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it just doesn't vibe with me. But if you like the, yeah, yeah, if, yeah, you, totally. if you like the, the yeah. cheesy, campy Batman, then this will be right up the yeah. street, definitely. I think, I think, all said and done, in terms of all those Batman films, if you are line them up, this is without question the funnest one. Um, which doesn't go total shit like Batman and Robin does. Yeah, it's just about saves it. I think it's there's, there's plenty here to enjoy and 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 like. And the other one this film has is it's got the best soundtrack. I think the two yeah, the yeah. two songs what came out of it are brilliant. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, uh, which were they? They were "Kiss from a Rose" and uh, the U the U two song is brilliant as well. Yeah, it's the, like one of the, the few U two songs that I actually liked. <laughs> one of the only decent three U. There's only three good U two songs. This is one. Of- it's a really good tune and "Kiss from a Rose." Yeah. Um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Nice. Um, uh, well, obviously, um, me bringing it to the table, I'm definitely going to say you should reconsider this. But I, uh, I really enjoyed watching it as a as a growed up this week, uh, <laughs> and not a teenager who was um, definitely pre puberty who missed a lot of the important stuff here. This is a very romantic, sexually charged Batman movie. It is, actually. isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> really? and you, you thought that the 
skin tight vinyl and a whip from the last one was uh, you know from Batman Returns was a sexually charged one. No, this really takes. No, Batman is DTF in this, isn't he? Like... He really is. <laughs> you know, he is coming back from the dead. Uh, swan up to people's balcony windows at midnight. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I, I really like Kilmer's Batman. Um, I think the costume and wardrobe design throughout is brilliant, apart from the Riddler jumpsuit with the, um, well, the Bojangles on display. Um, <laughs> no one needs that, really. And then, um, no, I, I, the only thing that, sli- that that doesn't work for me, really, is, as you say, the, it depends on Carrie. If you go with Jim Carrey, then... You, you're fine with this. But if you think it's a little bit silly, you're going to struggle with him being a credible threat, really. That said, um, I just think there's too much to enjoy um, here uh, for me to ignore it. And it'll always have a little soft spot in my heart. Oh, yeah. And it's it's unique, um, I think, for being um, one of the last good... Because I think it is a good Batman movie. Yeah, Batman and Robin completely jumped the shark, but that forced the entire shift into what would become the Nolan films and Nolan's take on the Bat universe. Um, so, and I don't think that happens if Batman Forever doesn't happen. So, I think Batman Forever is is like got a really interesting and solid place in Batman's cinema cinematic world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it signified um, well, without without Batman Forever, I don't think you have Nolan's three Batman films. Oh, definitely not. No. So, yeah, yeah I'm. Yeah, I'm but I love this. I absolutely love this. I, I think it's a shout for Val Kilmer being the best Batman as well, to be honest. I think you might be right. He's really good. I'd forgotten how good he was, yeah. He's really, really good, yeah. He is really good, and I'd love to have seen more of it, more of him. And I think, like, the Batman, as you say, Si, like, the Batman that he did might have been much better served in the serious, more serious films that went either side of his yeah. tenure. yeah. Definitely. Gentlemen, um, it's been a pleasure. That has been our longest recording quite some time. Um, but what a movie to do it with. Absolutely. Uh, thank you all for listening. Gentlemen, thank you uh, for the discussion. It was fabulous. Fa- fabulous. Fabulous. And, um, yeah, please uh, tune in next time. Ne- our next movie is going to be... Well, I think it's time we go back to John Woo land. So we're doing his another of his American efforts, this time the John Travolta, Christian Slater starring... Broken Arrow. Oh, my word. I haven't uh, seen this film for ages. Oh, God, I'm so, so excited to watch this. Woo! Uh, fabulous. I can't wait. Um, well, yeah, tune in for that one next time, Broken Arrow. Please keep firing us emails at uh, reconsiderpod.gmail.com. Please give us five stars on your subscription service of choice. Thank you for listening, everybody. We will see you next time. Say goodbye, boys. Bye. Bye-bye. Adios. Oh, I've got to take these rubber chaps off now. <laughs> <laughs>